Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crap all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Good morning. It's Saturday, September 20th, 1980. I'm nine years old. I just snuck downstairs because it's about 5.45 in the morning so that I could watch cartoons in peace. Every Saturday morning to Gen X children who don't know that they're Gen X yet, getting up early in the morning, making a boba cereal, and plopping down to their favorite cartoon shows is the best time of the week. Cartoons are like crack to children, and the only time they're played is Saturday mornings. Parents don't watch cartoons. They'd rather watch boxing or soap operas or that dumb grown-up junk. No, Saturday morning is the only time you can get your cartoon fix. In about five hours, mom and dad will wake up and I'll get drafted into raking the yard or detailing my dad's car. But this time is sacred because no one's around. It's just a pile of Legos, a bowl of Rice Krispies, and some of the best cartoons available at the time. So join us, shall we, for a morning of cartoon mayhem with Chris, Brian, and me, Eric, on Magnificently Huge. And we're back. So kids, how you doing this morning? I'm suffering from allergies with whatever cocktail is in the air this week of mold, spores, and fungus. This is what living in Austin is really like. So don't fucking move here. <laughs> Anyone who likes where they live will tell you, don't move here. Yes. I live in Oregon. Don't move here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Brian, you're going to tell everybody to come on down to Arizona? <laughs> no, uh, but not because I like it. Don't live here because humans shouldn't be here. This is not a an environment that is supposed to have humans in it. The Flora and fauna hate you and want you dead, and so does the wildlife. The Anasazi already left. It's true. It's like a Star Wars planet out there. Yes. <laughs> I know somebody else has pointed this out before, but has anyone ever noticed that in Star Wars, all planets have a single weather condition? Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. A desert planet, the city planet, the ice planet. Right. D the desert planet doesn't have any forests anywhere. The ice planet doesn't have like any any really nice beaches anywhere. The whole planet is well, that one thing. If you think about our own solar system, like I suspect that uh, Pluto, which isn't a planet, I guess, but it's probably mostly ice. Right. And I would expect that, uh, like, Venus might be mostly hot. Oh, I believe that. But both of those planets are complete anathema to life. Also true. So maybe the fact that you have a complete ice planet means no one should live there, like Arizona. Well, Star Wars also has people with uh, light swords. So you kind of have to just take it as it comes. Okay, point taken. Eric, you've just defended episode one because Naboo is a normal planet. 
<laughs> Naboo. Despite the fact that it has the name Naboo. It's like it's like Yogi's little buddy. And you can pilot a ship underwater through the planet's core, so never mind, that's horseshit. <laughs> also, you can elect a queen, and once she's elected queen, she has to speak in a really weird kind of accent that no one can quite pin down. Thank you, magic trash can. Yeah. <laughs> Magic trash. <laughs> That's actually from Aural Knots. If you haven't seen the Aural Knots um, Star Wars movies, you have got to go look that up on YouTube. They are hilarious. You upgraded the hyperdrive and the stereophonic sound system. We outran the space cops and made them eat bass. Yes, I could feel it. Thank you, Magic Trash Can. <laughs> anyway, check that out. All right. So this week we're uh, we're doing what the full on Gen X nostalgia thing. Yeah, I was thinking about. Well, first we got to do some some fresh shit, don't Eric we? Eric has to do it though. Indeed, this is his show this week. Oh yeah, never mind. It's never gonna happen. He's yeah, got the power no, again. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll, I've been looking forward to this all week. <laughs> you have to say something. Fresh shit. <laughs> Wait, I went too loud. I think the mic spiked. I'll do it again. Fresh shit. This shit is fresh. Oh, shit. It is fresh. This stuff is really fresh. See? I'm not a complete fuck-up all the time entirely. A partial fuck-up. Almost. But not quite. Yeah, not complete. That's the point I try to make to everyone I talk to. So would you too, Brian? What fresh shit did you imbibe upon? Last week, Chris was disappointed that I didn't have any PSAs. And then, like... The next day, I had material for one, and now I have two PSAs. Yay! So, one is, if you use Avast for your virus protection software, um, they apparently were pretty well owned by some hackers. There's some serious malware in Duh! No, I've been saying that for years. You mean nobody else knew that? That stuff was plugging into my machine all the time, taking over my browser. I knew those fuckers were up to stuff. Well, CCleaner is the is the thing that got really fucked, but I guess it like had the malware put on it before it even got digitally signed and put on the website. So somebody had access to Avast's like code base. So this is either coming from within them, in which case Avast is a more apt name for the product than you'd think. <laughs> Avast C Scarvey, you know. <laughs> uh, and the other one is there's a new scam. Uh, they're doing it with iPhones, but people are taking advantage of the Find My iPhone function to ransomware you, if they can get into Apple's customer service and convince them that they're you, they can say, yeah, I lost my iPhone. Can you hit it with the find my iPhone thing? And then they set a password for unlocking the phone and a message, and they send the message to you, which is basically like, give us Bitcoin and your phone is bricked. Eh. So people are dicks. Life in the... F I, I feel like... I want to, like, make this a segment at this point. Like, maybe we could use that song, Life is Shit. Life is shit. Life is shit. The world is shit. The world is shit. <laughs> you, you'll, you'll dance to anything. I don't have a whole lot of actual, like, media things, but I do have some other things going on. First of all, the, the home remodel is underway. So I spent my weekend scraping popcorn ceiling off of my ceiling and I am sore everywhere and I've been like breathing plaster and it you know 
It, it's a goddamn mess, that stuff. You're even sore in your taint? Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't really paying a lot, a lot of attention to that, but thank you for, for, for bringing that up. Everywhere, I always wonder, if you're tired everywhere, what do you have to be doing for your taint to be worn out? Uh, let's not find out. Yeah, something gross, I know. Taint misbehaving. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. I saw a cool news story where they found a World War I German U-boat off the coast of Belgium that had 23 bodies inside it still. Whoa. Nice. Like the crew? Yeah, like it was sunk off the coast of Belgium, but it was still mostly intact. Like the, hu- the outer hull had been breached and it sunk. But the inside was was still intact, and the sailors in it, the Germans from World War One, died. Hmm. Interesting. And so now they've contacted Germany to figure out what to do with the remains. Barium comes to mind. Well, they seem pretty buried. Yeah, they've got a little tomb going on. I don't know. Did it? I mean, it's um, like you, you can't feel too bad because if they hadn't died there right now, they'd be you know dead. Under the sea. Under the sea. <laughs> wow. You are like all puns today, dude. I'm hopped up on so much allergy meds right now. I'm like eight balling, motherfucker. <laughs> this is awesome. Everything's funny to me right now. I got a couple more things. and um, One is that I saw a sign in the Taco Bell window today that said, Naked Egg Taco. And I'm thinking each of these things on their own is a good thing, but they shouldn't be combined. Definitely not in that way. Naked and taco doesn't really go together. Na- naked and egg, eh. Egg taco? No, these. This is a bad combination. Well, that's also the the Dorito Loco Taco Crunch whatever company. They ought to just tell the truth and say Taco Bell. We just got a new ingredient. That's the big news. <laughs> they didn't get a new ingredient. <laughs> they got some kind of egg substance. I guess they have an egg. Yeah, Chris on the on the Dorito Locos Taco. So there actually was a flavor of Doritos you could buy in the store that was. Doritos Locos Tacos flavored Doritos chips. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Figure that out. That's kind of like that snake that eats its own tail. Yeah, or like that Escher picture <laughs> where it's like the guy walking on all the steps repeatedly. It just made no sense. Man, marketing is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and then the only movie I had time to watch, I tried to get out to the theaters, but it didn't happen because I was too busy scraping my ceiling. And uh, straining my taint. That's not a euphemism. And uh, <laughs> and the only thing I watched, I watched Blade Runner for the first time in a long time because I'm. Which version of Blade Runner? Um, I watched the final cut, so it didn't have okay. the VO. Okay. Um, and the ending is uh a little more on the nose in terms of Deckard being a replicant. Who knows how long she'll live? But then again, yeah. It ends with them in the apartment finding the origami unicorn, and it doesn't have like the flying over the hillsides bit with the Vangelis score. Yeah. Damn it! Yeah. And the thing is, Ridley Scott has said his intention was never that Deckard was a replicant. Uh, but I don't know. Can you trust him? Well, no. Well, he's also said that Deckard is definitely a replicant. So no, you can't trust him. Wow, he's all over the place. Yeah. I think it's just good for ticket sales. He'll recut it again, and then people run out and buy it over and over. Well, I was trying to prep up for the new movie, because it's coming out here soon, and I hadn't watched Blade Runner in a long time. I Okay, so here's how dense I am. I didn't realize that the ending wasn't as stupid as I thought it was. Like, I never understood the motivation of Roy Batty at the end. Why was he hunting Deckard down and then saved him? 
and I realized it was a callback to like the very beginning of the movie where the question was, uh, you know, you see a turtle on its back and you put it on its back and why, why did you do that and what are you going to do about it? And so I realized that that was Roy's motivation. He was trying not to be that. But that was a question for Leon. But it was a, it was a standard replicant question. Was it? Are there standard replicant questions? Yeah. It's a test designed to provoke an emotional response. It's a test. It's a test. Test, 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 test designed to provoke an emotional response. It was Batty in his last moments realizing that he actually had humanity, or at least he was displaying it. He wasn't interested in killing. Right. Life had become sacred. That's why he did the, the whole thing with the dove. So anyway, that's it. I didn't have a whole lot of fresh shit. Chris, any, any fresh shit? I watched the first series... And in the BBC shows, they call them series, not seasons. I had gotten a recommend from a workmate who knows I'm into the BBC comedy stuff. And this one is one that stars Matt Barry, who, uh, if you've seen any of the other billions of things that the BBC has done in the last 10 or 15 years, he's in Mighty Boosh. He's in Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. He's in the IT crowd. He's just all over the map. I haven't seen any of these. Really? Oh, that's your loss. Yeah. Uh, well, he's in a show called Toast of London, where he plays this classically trained actor who's in the worst play on the West End. He's just newly divorced. His whole life has just turned to shit. And it's just these like absurdist adventures that happen to him. Uh, there's no real way to explain the show. You just kind of have to watch it. But it's the most Britishy thing I've seen in forever. And it's not going to translate to most American audiences. But it makes me laugh. Yeah every episode is it better or worse than the michelin web look well that's a sketchy show so it's different okay this has got more in line structurally with something like i'm alan partridge uh where it's just this sad sack jackass doing his thing in the world and he's just oblivious to, to everybody and everything but the signature scene is he he ends up having to do a lot of voice work to make a living when he's not doing the worst play on the West End. And it's this whole scene where the recording booth is being run by these hipsters, and he his whole job is just to say the word yes. And it's a scene where he basically has to repeat the word yes over and over, but each time is a different intonation, and he's getting more and more frustrated as the scene goes on, and they're just egging him on. And it's just, you have to see it to believe it. By the end, he's just in tears. He's like, yes, yes, yes. And then they go, Stephen, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. <laughs> He's just near tears. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing. Let's just try without the script. Mind just loosen you up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's, what is it, one word? You don't really need it, do you? I probably don't need the script. It's just a word. Yeah. Okay, let's do it again. Yes! 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 <laughs> but it's just an absurd show. But yes! if you have seen him in any of the other stuff that I yes! mentioned, then you will definitely yes! want to check it out. And if you haven't seen the stuff that I mentioned, like Brian, then uh, you need to start somewhere. Fine. <laughs> start with the Mighty Boosh. That's a good one. Okay. I almost started with the IT crowd a while back when I was looking for <laughs> That you know. one's good, too. It takes a while to get rolling. It is funny. But when you get to the first episode of the second series is when it all clicks, and they basically do a whole show about how uh, the main character is confused for being a disabled person because he tried to use the disabled toilets and got caught. And then he spends the rest of the episode pretending that he's disabled. <laughs> it just goes yeah. from bad to worse. It's so funny. Now, how are you disabled? Uh, leg disabled. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 I'm being... Do you have a wheelchair? Yes. 
It's like Bree's company for handicapped restrooms. Uh, There's a whole thing in the first season where he goes on a date and he has a smear of shit on his forehead. <laughs> that is so wrong. <laughs> he's like, oh, and no, he's like, no, no, it's, it's chocolate. It's and he dips his finger and it licks it and he has this look on his face like, eh, 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 ew. I have to tell you something. What? I wanted to say it in the restaurant, but it a good time never came up and I, I, I wasn't going to say it. Say um, it. But... I have to. What? You've got shit on your head. What? There's some shit on your head. What? Where? Where? It's, it's been there for ages. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's chocolate. It's chocolate. It's not shit. It's not shit. It's, um, it's my dessert. I don't know how it got there, but, um, it's on my fingers. It's not shit. <laughs> it's good stuff. So, yeah. Did you plug it in? Did you restart it? Did you restart it? That's the screensaver on my computer at work. Is, is it uh, plugged in? <laughs> it's, it, have you tried turning it off and on again? It's like every problem the IT department gets is solved with, did you restart it? No, it's, have you tried turning it on? You'd be amazed how often that's real. Yeah. <laughs> I send gifts of that to people because often I'm fixing their problems by telling them to turn things off and on. I did it to my brother like yesterday. That's ubiquitous. Like everybody knows that one. My fresh shit relates to last week when we were talking about Alex Cox and I had said he was kind of a sellout for making repo chicks. And Brian said correctly that that does not make him a sellout, especially since he's trying to make low budget stuff. So I bit the bullet and watched two post-Walker Alex Cox films this week. Was one of them Highway Patrolman? Was one of them Repo Chick? Yes. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Wait, yes to which? Highway Patrolman does, or Repo Does it matter? Chick? As long as you talk over each other, I can just answer you both at the same time. <laughs> I did not watch Repo Chick. I couldn't find Repo Chick. I watched uh, Highway Patrolman which is an almost good film. Yeah, and it's all in Spanish. It's a very earnest film. Uh, it's very poorly acted. A lot of the camera work doesn't make sense. I mean, he's moving the camera at times when he doesn't need to, but he wants to do a mise-en-scene shot because you know he thinks it's cheaper. It's like, no, 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 this needs editing. Yeah. Or some other scenes that run too long, and you go, yeah, I know you were aiming at a gag, but it needs to go because it's too long. It's like... I'm watching this going, God, it is so film school. And this is Alex Cox. This is somebody who's made more than a couple of movies. And I'm starting to wonder, maybe the reason he peaked with Repo Man is that it has that bad on purpose kind of vibe that works. But when you're doing anything else and you require quality, it doesn't. Everything about this movie feels like Repo Man. And every, every I realized in an Alex Cox film... Every moment, the characters and you feel sweaty. Look around and everyone is sweaty. You feel sweaty. Everything is sticky. Well, I remember when I had found that in the late 90s, I'd read about it and I couldn't find it, couldn't find it. And then I finally did and rented it and watched it. And then I was just like you, I just, I couldn't figure out what I just watched. And that was the, I think that was the moment where it's like that in the Simpsons episode when Ralph hands the Valentine to Lisa 
And then there's the thing where Bart's got it on tape and just like, look, this is the exact moment where you can see his heart breaking. I mean, it was kind of like that moment. Oh. And it was like, I'm like, oh, and so basically Repo Man's all he's got. And that sort of yeah. deflated the sales a little bit. It was kind of kind of heartbreaking. This Patrolman movie, though, if he had just set up properly the motivation for the cop wanting to be a cop so bad. I mean, they talk about it, but they don't show it. They dance around it, but he, he doesn't think it's interesting enough, I guess. So we just stick with this cop who's becoming a cop and watch his decline and then his attempt at um, that word redemption. I can't, couldn't think of the word redemption. The thing is, none of it holds anything because you don't know why he got into this in the first place. And there's like this glancing stuff with his father that's so poorly done. You're like, oh, this was tacked on. It's just, it's not well written. Uh, but then again, he didn't write it. He didn't write, really write anything after Repo Man until Searchers 2.0, which is the other Alex Cox film I watched, and fucking don't. It is just so dumb. It sounded bad. It looks like it was shot on a camcorder. It's two guys who are failed actors, and the actors playing them are failed actors and deserve to be failed actors because they're fucking awful actors, and they go on a road trip, which normally sort of makes you think this is a fun romp. It's not. And they, they drive around talking about movie trivia that you don't care about. I mean, I was really just sort of fast-forwarding, like, okay, something happens, something happens, something happens. So it's kind of like this podcast. It's just amateurish talking about movie trivia. No, no. much worse. Much worse. <laughs> much worse. Much worse. Yeah. Because we're, we're awesome. not doing this podcast on videotape. Right. And we're also not doing it in the backdrop of Monument Valley so that we can let nature make up for the fact that we have no budget and we couldn't <laughs> hire decent actors. It's just, oh, God, it, it just hurt and I didn't care. Yeah, no, we make up for the no budget by putting clips of things. Exactly. Okay, that's it. Fuck you. You need to watch Searchers 2.0 and you tell me we're as bad as that because if we are, I'm jumping <laughs> off the roof of my fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Challenge somewhat maybe accepted perhaps someday. <laughs> no, challenge totally declined. Yeah. Uh, there you go. You're awesome. Yeah, yeah. And we this are. is supposed to be a comedy. That's the other thing. It was supposed to be a comedy. And I'm like, where? Oh, okay. If you don't believe me, here's my proof. One of the main actors, when we first meet him, he's a a migrant worker, like, you know, I guess getting work on the roadside and four times in the first five minutes he says to someone flip you flip you no yeah this is not a an edited for tv version alex cox put flip you in the movie <laughs> yeah yeah oh boy oh and he meets the other guy the other guy who they were both in the same shitty western or something 30 years ago he hears the music from the movie and he like walks up to the I, i'm just gonna pull the scene and we'll, we'll play the clip because holy fuck one thing I recommend, get the free trial for Fandor uh, through Amazon. There's like a seven-day trial, and then it's four bucks a month. Not bad. That's how I watched these two movies, and there's a ton of indie and... What the fuck is Fandor? It's a channel on um, Roku or Amazon or however you watch TV okay. that... I don't even have the Clomper app yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So Fandor, they have a lot of indie films and foreign films, and it's really neat. And if you don't have like Roku or some some other non-cable version, you can probably watch it online. But cool place to see shitty films like Alex Cox's or other films that aren't so shitty, like Roger corman films. Oh, that's right. Searchers 2.0 is a Roger Corman. Say no more. Fresh goes better, so fresh is the place. 
right, so Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, man. I was going with the concept of I'm a kid in the 80s, and this is what I would have watched. Brian, you picked a different year? Uh, yeah, I was going to go 82. And Chris, you're just going to go all over the place because you can't be tied down. Yeah, man, I can't. Well, here's the deal. Most of you kids had them normal childhoods where you had that one place where you could go watch your goddamn cartoons. But I had a single divorced mother who moved from state to state uh, like a Bedouin. And occasionally I would have a household where my father was present and then they would decide they didn't want to live with each other. And so then he wasn't. And so there were times where I had free reign. Where is this Logan Lucky accent coming from? What is <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just the meds again, dude. Uh, spores, molds, and fungus fucking me up. I was just taking a shot at some structure, but we don't have to stick with it. Now that I think about it, it seems like a difficult concept to maintain. This is now a theme of the podcast. We have good intentions, and then we abandon them immediately. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Chris takes too much medicine, and then we can't do it. But the, the long and the short is that when I was living in the same household as my dad, uh, I would only have a very short window to watch cartoons before I'd get kicked out for sports. And so... Most of the time, I was doing other stuff. Well, that's an interesting lead-in to the reason the uh, cartoons dropped out. As I did a little bit of research, this all started in the 60s uh, with programming for kids on Saturday mornings, and they would gear advertising towards those kids. So it was a, right. an advertising-driven model. Around the 70s, they started uh, getting complaints about there being too much commercialism, and then there were laws created uh, by the, the FTC saying that a certain amount of the programming had to be educational. And that's how you get cool shit like uh, Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah. I was doing this thinking kids don't appreciate Saturday morning cartoons. I didn't realize Saturday morning cartoons went away in the early 90s. Yep. There is no dedicated Saturday morning programming anymore unless they're being retro about it. Well, there was like a phase out because then the last one was 2014, I guess, was the last one. And now no. it's all geared towards just little kids. No, the last one was 2006 with the cartoon girl spy. Kim Possible. Kim Possible. Kim Possible. Kim Possible. Yes. yes. Thank you. That was the last one. And everything else since then has been sort of an attempt at retro. By the early 2000s, they were, I mean, basically ABC was just running shows from the Disney Channel and um, somebody else was running Nick Jr. But really, I mean, Eric's not wrong about the educational content, but the real, I mean, the commercialism went full blast in the mid 80s when we had things like Transformers, right? Where, you know, and those were like the afternoon cartoons with G.I. Joe, the Transformers, all of that. And then they tried to crack down, and you get stuff on Saturday mornings. Once they said a certain percentage had to be educational, you get stuff like the Weird Al show. Oh, this is a story about a guy named Al, and he lived in a sewer with his hamster pal. But the sanitation workers really didn't approve, so he packed up his accordion and had them move. Weird Al had like a Pee Wee's Playhouse kind of show. But it just, it ultimately folded and got overtaken by sports, which they realized had a bigger demographic than shitty cartoons. Yeah. Well, part of what killed the cartoons was the on all times cartoons, like with the Cartoon Network yes. or with Nickelodeon or with all these other things. But one of the things I didn't see coming, one of the reasons they say Saturday morning cartoons went away was the divorce boom in the 70s and the 80s with no fault divorce. So a lot of kids had two parents and the parent that had the kid on the weekends would try and find something more constructive and together to do with the kid, which ate up the Saturday morning time. 
So once again, huh. adult selfishness ruined something for kids. Yeah. We wanted to be advertised to, damn it. We wanted to sit and eat our cereal and play with our Legos and watch some fucking cartoons instead of being activity to death with soccer practice and homework and and, and (laughs) clean my car and pull the weeds. Holy fuck. They were designed as marketing vehicles for fucking sugar-laden cereal. That's pretty much what their job was. And they were enjoyable. It was a cultural event, right? And this is true of all, like, pre-cable, you know, network television time, but it was a shared communal experience. I remember a lot of times you'd do like the sleepover with your buddies on Friday night and then you'd get up real early and you'd, you know, veg out on Saturday morning cartoons and and yeah, probably play with toys at the same time because why not? But everybody was seeing the same stuff and it was was a communal thing. It was before a la carte television. I have a kid who's, you know, now he's in college, but I don't think he's ever seen any Looney Tunes. I don't understand that. How do you how do you Brian, you're a, get through your childhood you're, without Looney Tunes? I know I'm a failed parent. You're a failure as a parent. Well, that's a good segue into it because that's the one key element from my earliest viewings of Saturday morning cartoons is seeing the the Looney Tunes, the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show uh, on yeah. on CBS from like that eight o'clock to nine o'clock block or whatever. And it's basically just them stringing together all of the classic Looney Tunes stuff from the, the Golden Age. And so that was my introduction to Looney Tunes. And then later you could catch it after school. That's another thing that killed the Saturday morning cartoon was the availability of cartoons throughout the week. So G.I. Joe, Gargoyles, mm. all these things meant the cartoons they were showing on Saturday mornings weren't special. Because when we would come home, at least me, I remember coming home from school, yep. it was all syndicated television like MASH and Happy Days. It would, there was no cartooning. Gomer Pyle. Really? When I was growing up, I was after school, you could get a whole block and it was like Woody Woodpecker and Looney Tunes and just all manner. It might have been, but I was more interested in watching Star Trek when I got home from school. Well, so that was, that was probably Channel 41, Chris. Yeah, in, in Kansas City. Yep. Kansas City, the UHF station, Channel 41 did a block of that stuff. They had like Popeye and Woody Woodpecker and shit like that. So that's sort of where it all became sort of muddled. But then when I went back and looked at the show listings for the various years, starting around 1976, that was sort of my jumping off point for this week. And then there was a bunch of stuff I don't even remember. I never watched. I don't know it. So I didn't even bother. I forgot about the Sid and Marty Croft specials. Oh, let's talk about the Croft superstars. I never watched any of that. I knew them, but I didn't know they were Sid and Marty Croft shows, like the Power Hour with uh, Captain Cool and the Kongs. Yeah. <laughs> and Spider went on an adventure girl and Di- Dinah Girl and something oh, woman. No, no, that was Electra Woman and Dinah Girl. Yeah. All right, yeah. so I have to claim something here. This was my awakening as a sexual being was watching <laughs> the Electra <laughs> Woman and Dinah Girl at like age fucking seven or whatever. Like, they're, you know, they're wearing spandex and they keep getting like tied up and it was hot. Dude, same here. <laughs> yes. High five. Could never decide. Electra Woman, Dyna Girl. Electra Woman, Dyna Girl. And of course, that's because I was a child and I was caught up in these old school moralities of just one or the other instead of both. I never <laughs> thought of both. <laughs> Dr. Shrinker. I never liked Dr. Shrinker. I thought that was lame. 
Uh, I mean, because it felt like all of the concepts of Sid and Marty Croft specials sort of slopped into one with a mad scientist who's, who shrinks a bunch of teenagers and the teenagers are on this island and they're trying to get off the island and escape Dr. Shrinker. Who gives a fuck? Dr. Shrinker. Wonderbug. Remember, liked Wonderbug. Wonderbug! Wonderbug was just the live action version of Speed Buggy, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one always bothered me. I liked it because it took place on the beach and there were girls in bikini tops. And yeah. By that point, I had graduated from Electra Woman and Dyna Girl. Yeah. <laughs> to Wonderbug. The Speed Buggy thing is, is an interesting segue into something else that I noticed that you don't really think about when you're a kid. But how many fucking shows are like Scooby-Doo? All of them. I mean, it's like you've got Scooby-Doo, you've got Jabberjaw, you've got fucking Speed Buggy. Just all manner of these fucking shows that it's basically, oh, here's the gang and then their weird mascot that somehow talks. And there's always a shaggy character, right? Like, yeah, in Jabberjaw was a guy named Clamhead who was basically shaggy with Popeye's sailor hat. <laughs> and the fucking shark was like, woo, 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 woo. it's like, shut oh, up, jabber shut jaw. up. <laughs> what the fuck with, with the nyuck nyuck and the no respect. And then the Josie and the Pussycats thing going on. It's like, come on. Jabberjaw had like an inappropriate laugh track. Like the laugh track would just show up for no goddamn reason. It was maybe the most Hanna-Barbera cartoon ever. Well, it's so cynical and calculated, though, because it came out after Jaws. So you could see all of the executives going, well, this Jaws thing's kind of big. Let's see what the fuck we can do to sell some more goddamn cereal. Let's put a fucking shark in it. (laughs) And so they did. Yeah. Hanna-Barbera really sort of, they were a factory and they churned. Yeah. In, In that way, they're a lot like Marvel. We've got Spider Woman and Ghost Girl and, and Electra Man. Yeah. It's like, just just take a property and a man or woman and slop them together and see what you got. They kind of made so many cartoons, it meant they could have taken them all and put them into one great big Olympics. Wait a minute. Yes. They oh, did. Yes. I smell a segue. Yeah, the Laugh Olympics. The Yogi Yahooies, the Scooby Dooies, and the Really Rottens. <laughs> it's the Avengers of Hanna-Barbera. No, it isn't. It's the Avengers of it Hanna-Barbera. Is. Yeah, it is. It's the Infinity War of Hanna-Barbera, where uh, you just get them all together in one big stupid group. <laughs> I was always rooting for the asshole dog in the Laugh Olympics to, like, fuck shit up. Was that Muttley? Like, what was, was his, his name? name? Muttley. Yes, Muttley. Yeah, he was, he was the one I was rooting for. I can't do the... <laughs> I could never understand why Muttley was on the bad guy team when we rooted for him in his own cartoon the rest of the time. Don't think about it. Just don't. <laughs> I mean... I never rooted for the Scooby-Doobies because fuck Scooby-Doo, but... Mm. I always voted um, for the, the, the bad guys. I was like, just once I'd like them to yeah, win, and they did yeah. once. Once they did. They did. That's I, uh, right. I always got it confused with wacky races, so I, I never really understood what was going on, <laughs> frankly. Yeah, and there was another Wacky Races with Planes. That was a whole different yes. thing, wasn't it? Yes, with Dastardly. Oh, I yeah. just, I didn't understand yeah. any of that shit. And I was, that was like ripe age where all of that stuff should make sense. But as a kid, I was like, I don't know, I don't get it. I don't understand what's going now, on. Now, the plane one I just looked at and said, that's inherently dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also noticed where I was looking at all the shows that I used to watch outside of Super Friends, which was a big and... Uh, but uh, I noticed that I had a predilection for anything that had some sort of weird robot character. So Dynamut, which is basically the Scooby-Doo version with robot parts, and his pal Blue Falcon. I watched that one a lot. He's fearless, scaleless, a little too careless. Dynamut! He's a go 
So Dynamite was like Batman and Inspector Gadget are a team. Yeah, but this is right. Inspector Gadget though, so it's uh, uh, yeah. So Inspector Gadget ripped off Dynamut, everybody. Yeah, basically, but I like that he called his pal uh, Blue Falcon. He used to call him BF. And years later, it struck. It just struck <laughs> me that oh, hey, what? Remember, dog wonder. Hey, BF. Malfunctions this time. Gotcha, BF. Gotcha, BF. Gotcha. <laughs> he is my friend. They are my enemies. I must remember. I'm looking at the cast assortment for the Laugh Olympics, and I never quite put it together. Um, okay, so there's the Yogi Yahooies, yeah, captained by Yogi Bear. And mm-hmm. it's all of these sort of cute animal uh, ones. All of them. They're all cute right. animals. Huckleberry like, Hound and that kind of right. Yeah. Candy Bear yeah. and the uh, Scooby Doobies is all the rough looking pothead ones. Right. Quick Draw McGraw. The Scooby Doobies were all the crime fighter cartoons. Really? Like Scooby and uh, okay. uh, Blue Falcon and uh, Captain Caveman and yeah. like all of the and the the really rotten's were the uh, uh, white supremacists. <laughs> The white supremacist <laughs> Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Yeah, the, and the, the KKK of Hanna-Barbera. Why would they call themselves the really rottens, though? I mean, it's kind of like... The deplorables. Yeah. I've never understood that play on morality, that you know that evil people know they're evil. Hitler thought that he was doing the right thing. <laughs> he didn't call himself uh, really rotten. That makes no sense. My favorite episode of the All-Star Laugh Olympics was when Jesse Owens ran for the gold... I loved it. <laughs> well, the thing I the, the thing that kills me about Laugh Olympics as well is because that one started in I think seventy seven. So, it, to my understanding, they basically were spoofing the Olympics, which happened in seventy six, but also Battle of the Network Stars. Exactly that. And yeah. So it was like another Hanna Barbera board meeting where they're all drunk on scotch, just going, "What the fuck are the kids watching these days? Oh, that'll work." Yeah. I think they probably looked at what is rating well on the networks. Like, for everybody, let's give them an extra dose. Because yeah. it's the same thing with the variety shows. All those those variety shows we were just talking about uh, were the same thing as Donnie and Marie. Yeah. It was, they were written by the same people who made Donnie and Marie. True. I, I have a hypothesis about Hanna-Barbera's uh, technique. I think one of the reasons that, I mean, not only are the shows formulaic, but I think that they were recycling animation frames. So I actually watched an episode of, of Dynamut prepping for this show, and the bad guy... First of all, what a great Batman show that was, because they could come up with some really fucked up, yeah. like, villains. I watched and shit And so the one I saw show. was Master Worm was the bad guy, voiced by Frank Welker, who is probably best known as Megatron. Was the, Frank Welker was the voice of Megatron. Um, but it's, like, just this worm with a face, and I'm pretty sure the face was just animation frames from some other character, and it occurred to me that maybe these other characters, like Tinker and Speed Buggy and whatever that fucking guy in Jabberjaw was, maybe they're just using frames of Shaggy to make those faces. It's possible, because that's the whole reason that they got them made, is they did that limited animation, because they couldn't do the 24 frames a second, like Disney used to do. Uh, So, basically, they, they just threw all the... The metal out. That's how they made it a factory. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at the guy who drives the, uh, what's the Jeep? That's like the, the, oh, what the fuck? That's Speed Buggy. Speed Buggy. The driver of Speed Buggy looks exactly like Shaggy, oh, okay. but without the yes. chin hair. Well, and it's just like yes. the guy in Jabberjaw looks exactly like Shaggy. I mean, it's that's just the way they did it. No, but not everything was, was Hanna-Barbera. There's also the Filmation cartoons. Filmation was fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that those guys took risks in a way. Lou Scheimer and Norm Prescott. 
are like my heroes. I, they they I, didn't weren't always good, but they were always uh, had a bit more depth. I mean, they were they they were really. To th- I still love the Flash Gordon serial they did, which I've been watching. And this I week. dig the Star Trek cartoon they did, which some of them are better than the original episodes. And they had the actual cast. I mean, so yeah, I think that I think that Filmation realized that we were all jonesing for Star Wars because. They oh, really definitely. hit the definitely. sci-fi adventure button hard. But also, well, also Star Trek was in heavy rotation, was actually more popular than when it was new. So I think they knew that they had to get in on that. And some of the animation bits are actually really, really good in between the, the, the crappy stuff. They, they would rehash, you know, uh, uh, characters speaking. Um, well, and I like that a lot. I like that the, the actor that voices Flash in that one, Robert Ridgely. Uh, has a long, extensive cartoon career, but he also did Tarzan for Filmation. I don't think he was Lone Ranger, but then a couple years later, he was the voice of Thundar. Thundar, the Barbarian! The year 1994. From out of space comes a runaway planet, hurtling between the Earth and the Moon. Thundar had a lightsaber. Yeah. And a cut-rate Chewbacca. <laughs> With his companions, Ookla the Mark and Princess Ariel, he pits his strength, his courage, and his fabulous sun sword against the forces of evil. But Robert Ridgely, everybody would probably know him best. He was the colonel in Boogie Nights. So he's had this long, extensive career, but when you start watching enough of him, you're like, oh, that's I know that guy. I know that guy, but he's playing the same fucking character over and over and over. What are the things about Filmation? Because, yeah, Flash Gordon was the shit. Yeah. Did they do Jaina of the Jungle? Was that no, one? No, that was... Like, they had a whole bunch of that shit. No, they did Lone Ranger. They did Zorro. They did Tarzan. Oh, they yeah. did Black Star. Yeah. They did a Superman cartoon in the 60s. Yeah. They did a bunch of stuff. That one that would only get rarely seen. The one that I think probably inspired the whole Justice League thing, but, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, they didn't take off the same way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, their their big ones are um, those. But they always had that weird sort of rotoscope sort of animation uh, when yeah. when the characters would run or like when horses would would roll through. Uh, it just seemed like they put an, a a lot of extra stuff into it, uh, even though they were badass. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Did I I think did I send that DVD to you, Eric? I think I found it one time, and you had always been griping about Flash how, Gordon yeah yeah I watch it a couple times a year not a couple times a year I watch it every couple years yeah. so I think I found it for like eight bucks and I went oh I know who might want this <laughs> and then I sent it to you yeah that was that, that I, I still think that's one of the best gifts I've ever gotten that was really cool but you know I'm looking through the filmation uh, Wikipedia page I'm not seeing a whole lot that stands out. I mean, they had a lot of cartoons. They just weren't great. Jason of Star Command? Ooh. Oh, no, Jason these are the live-action shows. Ooh. Yeah, now you're getting to see... So that was like... Okay, so I got to talk about Isis here. Like, that was a that was the same guys. And Isis is like a precursor to Xena Warrior Princess. It's this really shit show where the heroine is a school teacher. And then she has the power of mighty Isis, and they have this transformation scene that they show at least twice an episode, maybe three times if you count the credits. Yeah. And I, I, I ran across this while I was researching for this show, and I, the random episode I picked, I totally remembered having seen. It was it involved a kid being attacked by a guy in a bear costume, and it's like a bipedal bear, like he's just walking in this bear costume. <laughs> um, it is it is so cheese, but yeah, they did the Space Academy and Jason of Star Command, which had Jimmy Doohan in it. Yeah, 
Huh. Well, they also did, yeah. which I didn't realize, but they did the uh, the Ghostbusters show in 1975 that had the guys from F Troop, Larry Storch, and Forrest Tucker. Yeah, and they were the Ghostbusters. We're the Ghostbusters. I'm Spencer. He's Tracy. I'm Kong. We're the Ghostbusters. And they like had a, a fucking gorilla that was one of their partners, yeah. and they always wound up in a haunted house. And when they came around to the cartoon version of Ghostbusters, they ended up having to call it the real Ghostbusters yeah. because they had the, I guess, the animation rights to the name Ghostbusters. Yeah. I did not realize that was yeah. Go look it up. the movie. Go, go look it up. Yeah, yeah 1975 wow. is when that one started. <laughs> and so Nothing says quality like Storch. Oh, oh. did you ever watch the three Robonic Stooges? I just have to ask. Oh God! <laughs> I, Jesus Christ! I remember Chris. like not. Yeah, I remember watching that. Going, I think this is something I'm supposed to understand. Like, no. like there were a reference to something, no, but I hadn't discovered the Three Stooges, so I didn't know what was going on. It's just a bunch of executives doing coke in the back, going, "Hey, let's make the Stooges robotic. Yeah, that'll fight. That'll be yeah. fun. Robotic isn't even a word. <laughs> I know, like, I know. <laughs> oh, it was so fucking awful. It's like robotic and moronic, maybe? Yeah. Bionic. I don't know. No, bionic man, bionic woman, but they robotic. You know, it's like the bionic stooges does sound weird. The moronic stooges. <laughs> Another one I found, too, that I'd totally forgotten about. This is one I remember actually watching early in the morning uh, before anybody else would get up uh, called the CB Bears. Do you remember this one? That sounds familiar. Let me read you the description as I found it and see if it jars your memory. Uh, they have a really good theme song, too, by the way. But uh, this one is the CB Bears, and this is back in the late 70s when Citizen Band Radio was all the rage. So another, another fucking cash-in. But it's a trio of funny bear detectives disguised as trash collectors travel the country solving mysteries in a tacky garbage truck. They get, they get oh. their missions from a, vo- a sultry-voiced female named Charlie who contacts the bears on their CB radio. So it's like a Charlie's Angels meets Smoking the Bandit. Charlie's Eden. Angels yeah. with redneck bears. Yeah, and it's it's really fucking <laughs> wow. awful. But the sound, the the theme song is just like this crazy. They got like like they're banging on glass bottles and kind of thing. It kind of funky. It's the Hair Bear Bunch. Hang on, hang on. Sorry, that was Hair Bear Bunch. This is CB Bears. <laughs> You you called out the the early morning thing though that and that was a an interesting bit. I remember I would get up early on Saturdays before the network cartoons would cut yeah. in, and mm-hmm. so you'd have to watch whatever weird ass shit your your local stations yeah. were showing. Yeah, right? and, yeah. Hot fudge, hot fudge was the five a.m. show <laughs> on, on, on on in Phoenix. Yeah, and you'd get like Popeye cartoons. You'd be like, oh fuck, it's only I want to watch cartoons, not fucking Popeye. Ah, you know. Popeye nothing well uh, super friends super friends was a big winner i i loved super friends i wish they now hadn't called it super friends because that just seems so lame they're crime fighters they're not friends they're, they're doing a job they're doing the job you remember how many uh different titles the super friends had over the years do you remember the different incarnations i always knew them as, as super friends well it was super friends then it was the all the all new super friends hour and then it was challenge of the super friends and then it was Super Friends Legendary Superpowers Show. And then it was the Superpowers Team Galactic Guardians. 
So they just kept recycling. No, I that just shit. rated them by which uh, sort of third string teenagers they had. They had the, the the dopey asshole who wore a cape but couldn't do anything, yeah. but had a hot girlfriend who was smart. And then they graduated to the Wonder Twins. That's all I remember. Wonder Twin powers activate. It's the trouble alert. Wonder Twin powers activate. Wonder Twins, who always became a form of water and an animal. But do you remember when they activated? Which one said form of? Yeah, uh, she said form of an eagle, he said shape of an ice bucket, Gleek hopped in the ice bucket, and uh, she carried it as she flew around, and I remember actually hearing a stand-up comic make reference to uh, Gleek sitting in that ice bucket. He would get hemorrhoids, and that's what—that's not his tail sticking out of it, that's a great big hemorrhoid. It reminds me of the Harvey Birdman episode where... Uh... <laughs> They do a cutaway to Jan and Jaina, and I think it was Wonder Woman taking a bath, and then they they show her like doing a thing, and then it rolls in on the the bathtub, and it's it's fucking the Wonder Twin Jan going <laughs> form of washcloth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she said she really needed some me time, so she unplugged her communicator and and took a bath. How do you happen to know this? I was. I, I, I was the bathwater. <laughs> Form of a wash rag. But the other thing about getting up in the morning, too, because this, this was sort of a, a secondary thing that I had looked at this week, but it, it reminded me of all of the bowls of sugar cereal that I ate uh, over the countless years. And, like, do you, like, what was your brand? Did you eat the same brand, or did you go all over the place with anything that had sugar in it? My mom wouldn't buy them. Seriously? She called them sugar-coated junkies, and she wouldn't <laughs> buy them. Well, she's not not wrong. My mom wouldn't get me the ones I wanted. Her thing was always like, okay, you can have one of these because I guess she had deemed them not as bad as the others. And I'm like, but I want, I want, I want Cocoa Krispies. You can have Cheerios. Well, then you'd end up pouring like like Mm -hmm. five tablespoons of sugar on the bowl anyway. I didn't think to do that. But I'd I'd found some (laughs) ones that I'd totally forgotten about, like uh, strawberry honeycomb. That was a big one that I ate back in the 70s. Oh, That sounds Ooh, terrible. No, I remember there was a cereal. This I loved because they stopped making it very soon after. I, I don't know how cereal works, but they, they, they were called Waffleos. Yes, that was the other one I was going to bring up. They were sort of these little Waffleos. And for a short time, they came out with blueberry Waffleos. And I was just like, this is the best shit ever. Well, and the best thing about Waffleos is it's spelled totally fucking wrong. It's W-A-F-F-E-L-O-S. It's like they couldn't even spell it right. I love the ones where they actually advertised, it turns your milk into chocolate sludge or whatever. That was was Crazy Cow. Yeah. Crazy Cow. feature. Yeah, you had chocolate Crazy Cow and you had strawberry Crazy Cow. I think Cocoa Puffs had that claim too. We stain your milk. Yeah. And then (laughs) and all the ones with marshmallows like Lucky Charms. Rockmellows, yes. And Alphabets. If I had to pick a sugar-coated junkie, Lucky Charms was my jam. No, I remember always being like, I want to try Lucky Charms because the commercials were always on and we got it. And I was like, (laughs) it's not all marshmallows? No. There's like this awful Mm -hmm. oat cereal in there too? And these are not magically delicious, motherfucker. I'm just going to say that right now. I actually used the Lucky Charms commercial to humiliate my daughter once. Like, <laughs> You're such a good father. Good for you. <laughs> I, I was like, I, I don't remember what it was, but I was trying to talk to her about the, the commercials aimed at kids, and I was calling it brain pollution. And she's like, what do you mean, Dad? I'm like, well, here's an example. I said, who's the vice president of the United States? And she just looks at me dumbfounded. I'm like, you don't know. 
okay, now I've never bought you Lucky Charms in your life. Name the marshmallows. And she's like, orange stars, green clovers, purple hearts, blue diamonds. And I'm <laughs> like, that, that is brain pollution. Uh, do you remember Crunchy Stars? This was later. We were like in oh, high school. Yeah. But when Crunchy Stars yeah. came out and that was like a big punchline forever and a day. Just because of the Swedish chef. <laughs> crunchy stars. Only the Swedish chef could create the cinnamon toast taste of crunchy stars. Mm, yeah, scrumptious. Well, and they had cookie crisp. Like, fuck it, we're just putting cookies in milk <laughs> here. This is your breakfast. That's just yeah. it. I just also just watched uh, the the new Jerry Seinfeld thing on Netflix, and that's part of his act. He's like, it's called cookie crisp. He's like, no, it's it's chocolate chip cookies in a bowl with milk. That's all it is. It's chips yeah. Ahoy that were too small and they Basically, put them in a cereal yeah. box. It's just cookies in a bowl. I had friends whose parents would let them have cookie crisp and I would just be like, can can I have some of the cookie crisp? You know, because I, I had heard, <laughs> heard legends of the cereal that is the cookies and milk. It's not very good. But you had cable, so it all worked out. You got to watch all the cool shit while we ate. <laughs> until years later. Yeah, but you couldn't eat sugar. Not until years <laughs> later. Because it didn't exist. But I mean, the thing is, my, we only reason we had cable so early is my dad like made the cable boxes you know like he needed it for to to basically for work purposes and so yeah we got to see all that cool shit well i was looking at the names and and they're all so ridiculous but i wanted to if you're if you're up for i want to play a little game uh i've just got a little little list here but i want to play if it if you can tell if it's a real or fake serial name if you're up for that sure yeah (laughs) let's play a game okay uh so just say it real or fake. That's all you have to do to answer. Uh, chocolate mm-hmm. frosted sugar bombs. Real. Fake. That was in Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, Brian wins that round. Buzzy okay. the hummingbird is their is their mascot. Yeah. Uh, powdered donuts. Real. Real. That's t- that's totally real. <laughs> uh, and donuts with a Z, by the way. Uh, <laughs> let's see, crunchy logs. Fake. Fake. Yeah, I'm going fake. <laughs> That's real. <laughs> you could look it up. Uh, crunchy with a crunchy K. Logs? Crunchy logs? Crunchy logs. K for crunchy, and then the What's log is angle? two Gs. I don't know. Like, what, what? Log of what? Like, like <laughs> some sort of some c- compressed cinnamon chocolate. I don't know. Fuck it. I was just looking at names. Uh, <laughs> let's see. We got. Do you market that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there's one called Baron Von Redberry. Is that real or fake? That's real. Uh, That's the monster cereal, isn't it? Well, it's I'm similar. Gonna go f- I'm going to go no, because it's Frankenberry is the berry cereal. No, no, oh, it's yeah. similar. It's the same company. I think it was General Mills, but they did a, a, a couple that were uh, like World War I fighter ace themed. And so Baron Von Redberry was one. And then there was one called uh, like uh, Sir, Sir Grape something. I can't remember okay. what it was now. Alexander the Grape, maybe? Yeah, it's something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> grape ape, grape That's, ape. That is beagly, so beagly. stupid, it absolutely has to be true. Someone has to have done that. Uh, because the 70s and marketing were were infused with so much blow that everything yeah. like that would have been actually done. Yeah, it was basically Coke and Bowie. Coke and Bowie. Uh... This is all. This is a favorite that I found. That's a real uh, cereal, Coke and Bowie. That's, Coke yeah. and Bowie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, me too. That's real. Uh, <laughs> Hello, I'm David Bowie. Would you like to try my cereal? <laughs> Would you like to do some blow? <laughs> Which brings me to this one: uh, real or fake? Sugar tits. <laughs> Gotta be fake. 
Yeah, yeah I made that. I made that one up. Yeah, <laughs> I made no, up. Mel, no, Mel Gibson made that up. That's what he, he <laughs> called the uh, the cop that pulled him over. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, KKK flakes. Um, <laughs> so here's no strawberry alarm clock. That's a band. Yeah, it's not a cereal. I knew I'd get that one past you. Nope, nope, not gonna happen. Uh, blueberry <laughs> muffin tops. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a real one. That's a real one. I believe it. Uh, let's see. Banana Nut Crunch. Oh, yeah. That's real. Yeah, but that's also one that just sounds reasonably fake. <laughs> Banana Nut mm-hmm. Crunch, yes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. One of my favorites, uh, Wheaties Dunk-A-Balls. <laughs> wow. Nah, not real. No, that's totally real. Look it up. <laughs> Wheaties Dunkaballs? Wheaties Dunkaballs. I was thinking like basketballs or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like sugar-coated, terrible. like basketball-looking things, whatever. Oh, uh, yuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite. Wheaties Dunkaballs. <laughs> and then, yeah, the rest are all made up. I'll just tell you that now. I had bullshit granola health clumps. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see crazy cat person choco nut crunch sadness flakes uh and then honey covered rambos there's that nothing was, uh, with carob in it trying to pass itself off as no but i always had to get the tiger milk bars at the grocery store because my mom wouldn't buy me a hershey's bar yeah, and they're like, it's just like chocolate. No, it fucking isn't. Have you eaten the shit? <laughs> yeah. It tastes like sawdust and sadness. I like that Special K is now the name also of a drug. So when you say Special K, you don't really know what the person's talking about. <laughs> exactly. Uh, with berries. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ecstasy. I'd like to take some ecstasy. No, no, no. It's it's cereal, Mom. Ecstasy. Yeah. <laughs> some ecstasy. Well, as we get into the, uh, as we leave the 70s and, and go into the 80s, I mean, were you still really watching cartoons? Sugar-covered amyl nitrate. What? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm still on the... <laughs> that was real. That was real. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we leave the 70s, I just want to say that every episode of Fat Albert started with Bill Cosby saying, Bill Cosby yeah. coming at you with music and fun, and if you're not careful, you may learn something before it's done. This is Bill Cosby coming at you with music and fun. And if you're not careful, you may learn something before it's done. Now, what could possibly tarnish words like that? Uh, well, I don't know. He had a point. He, he, rape. You, you, you might learn that your 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 butthole was very hurtful, and uh. and, and there's semen dried on your face, and and maybe those acting lessons really weren't worth it. Oh, you like school on Sunday? No class. <laughs> I didn't like that show. <laughs> I never really watched it. I remember I, w- I would always watch Brown Hornet, though, when it would come on uh, during the Fat Albert Hour or whatever it was. Uh, that was always more fun and interesting. To I me. think I watched Fat Albert because something about the programming made it the last cartoon of the day. Like ABC and NBC had finally switched over to news and or sports. And so I was really like standing on the pier, just the last vestige of land before nothing. <laughs> and that was <laughs> yeah. Fat I Albert. I don't want to go outside, but I will, motherfucker. There was always that show that's like, oh, it's over. Fun's yeah. over. Yeah. I would get kicked out by my dad wanting to watch some form of sporting event and uh and then of course that would turn into yard work uh, <laughs> yard work yeah <laughs> well luckily well no you weren't hopped up on sugar so that yeah, sucks yeah. for you damn no. he had uh, nutrition well here's another one you may or may not remember but i i sure shit do and this is when i was living in new mexico 
and this was one of the first ones to come on in the morning. So it's like the house is totally dark and quiet and silent, and I'm watching the TV when they were doing a lot of the network shows, but turning them into cartoons just because they run out of ideas. But this one was the Fonz and the Happy Day Gang. Yeah, there was a bunch uh, of those shows yeah. like turned into yeah. cartoons, right? Yeah. Like Laverne and Shirley had a cartoon. And Mork, Mork and Mindy. Uh, they did a whole bunch. But the Fonz and the Happy Days Gang is the one that really weirds me out because it's basically they a time traveler comes to them in 1957 and she's a cute girl named Cupcake. And so yeah, they go yeah. in for a ride and he's got a, and Fonz has a dog called Mr. Cool, I guess. We've got it all together now, gang. The Fonz. His doggy name, Mr. Cool and the Good Group. One flaky time machine and a future chick named Cupcake. <laughs> and so they get into the time machine to go for a ride and then something fucks up on it and then they can't get, get to 1957. And so basically, they just bounce around all these different times. Did did they get Henry Winkler to do yeah. the Fonz? Yeah, there's a number of of TV shows throughout the '90s that had that exact same premise. Yeah, one was called Doctor Who, except it wasn't on in the '90s. It's like Quantum yeah. Leap, yeah, or Doctor Who, or uh, no, there were there were a couple of the time traveler can't get back to the right time shows. Uh, but yeah, and it was Henry Winkler did the voice for Fonz, and then. Uh, Opie Cunningham did the voice for Richie, and then they had Ralph Mouth, I think. Uh, Donnie. Of course, Most. they had R- Donnie Most. What was he doing? But they didn't have Potsy. No, how did they not have Potsy? It was basically it was Fonzie, Richie, and Mouth. He was doing uh, Shakespeare in the park. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but that's the one that I I'd forgotten about. But I would stay up and watch that one first uh, because at the time it seemed like time travel was a cool conceit and I never really thought to question why it would be with the happy days gang. <laughs> it's just dumb, <laughs> stupid, stupid. I want to talk about the, the downturn of, of Saturday morning cartoons in the eighties a little bit. And it all starts with fucking scrappy Doo. Now I didn't care about scrappy Doo because I didn't like Scooby-Doo. I'm like the Gen X heretic that doesn't care about Scooby-Doo, but where really scrappy Doo's influence really got me was this new cartoon with this badass theme song and it's fucking Godzilla, Godzilla, and Godzuki, this fucking baby ass Godzilla (laughs) doing pratfalls and Jar Jar Binksing the whole fucking thing up. Right. Why? You know, you look at the lineup from that point on and all of the cartoons start gravitating towards, uh, like, like even as kids, they're, they're going even more kid-like. Like, that's when you start getting the pound puppies and the, yeah, and uh, the, the bears with the things on their, their stomachs, the, well, the Smurfs. Yeah, bears. it's like it gets younger and younger and younger and younger. Even Fraggle Rock was kind of a, a, a bit of a turnoff once you left the Muppets. And then you get all of, like, the, the Saturday Supercade where they just had lost all creative impulse and just said, oh, well, fuck it, we'll just make cartoons out of video games. Hey, Kubert mm. got some cartoons at least. That was nice. <laughs> yeah, that Pac-Man thing was such a... T- I think Pac-Man uh, is what finally turned me off to Saturday morning cartoons and program. Was, I was just like... That was rough. This, I don't, yeah, I don't even like knowing that exists. Well, I think where I started to turn was... Uh, honestly, I would, I, would, I would get up and I would watch it, but it was the Spider-Man and his amazing friends. But even at that I age... Like I Spider-Man and his amazing uh, but friends. Ex- I, could never, I could never reconcile how they've got a fucking secret supercomputer later that just comes up out of Aunt May's floor. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it just it doesn't make any sense. I somehow blocked all memory of that. I just, <laughs> like, I just remember got, like, yeah. Iceman was cool. 
Yeah. Well, it's just they they're all just hanging out in Aunt May's house in Peter Parker's bedroom and then she leaves and they hit a button and then like all of these supercomputers <laughs> come out like the bat cave and it's like what the hell is going on? I'm pretty sure that cartoon is the reason we got the X-Men comic cartoon in the 90s. I'm I wouldn't be surprised if the same people were Probably. on that. No, I watched it. I mean, it was fun and it had a lot of good stuff, but damn, I could not figure that one out. You also had the the introduction of Small Wonder in the late 80s. So we're leaving cartoons and we're going to live programming. Though, no, no, wait. Small Wonder, that was the cartoon version of the Small Wonder show, I believe. Yeah. Well, then they also had Punky Brewster had her own cartoon. Yeah. Uh, And uh, John Candy had one. He did. Well, like everybody, like Mr. T had his own cartoon. Yes. Gary Coleman had his own. The Hey Vern and Ernest guy had, had, had a cartoon. Well, the Mr. T one, I just want to address re- really quickly because the whole conceit behind that show is that Mr. T is uh, inexplicably uh, the coach of a gymnastics team that travels the world solving crime. Why not? <laughs> and I, and I, could, I, I don't understand any of it, except that in the opening theme uh, credit sequence, at one point, the gymnast is doing the the rings and you know where he's got the arms straight out and then that kind of morphs into the T for the logo mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's the only <laughs> reason they could figure out how to work it in it just <laughs> makes no sense I paid isn't that, isn't that the, I, I think that is of course the the introduction of the phrase too much jibba jabba I mean that <laughs> exactly that that says Mr. T at all times too much uh, jibba jabba not enough chop chop cut out the jibba jabba don't be babbling like a fool. Say what you got to say. That's all. Then shut your dang pie hole. We didn't even get to Dungeons and Dragons. I was going to say, that's the only one that I can think of that we, we thought we were going to talk about that we haven't brought up. Do we want to say something about Dungeons and Dragons and close it out? You, you, you go ahead. I never watched it. I'm not familiar with it at all. It's awful. All I can tell you is that uh, the bad guy, Venger, uh, looks exactly like evil from Time Bandits. It makes... Mm-hmm. no sense yeah that's right you sent that over you're right yeah i i remember they marketed the shit out of dungeons and dragons and my brother had been into dungeons and dragons so i was trying to learn how to play it and then this cartoon is coming on and i'm like oh fuck yeah dungeons and dragons they can do anything in that and then even the opening sequence nope. and it's just like a bunch of random kids and then they're met by you know bargain basement yoda who comes out, yeah, <laughs> I am Dungeon yeah, exactly. Master. And then he gives them all, like, classes that aren't even Dungeons & Dragons classes. He's yeah, like, like acrobat. A, what is that? Yeah, acrobat. What? what? So I, I immediately, like, within the, the opening titles of the first episode, I'm like, this is bullshit. Hey, look, <laughs> I saw the first episode when it aired initially, and they do the whole opening uh, or at least I thought it was the first episode. But I was confused for so long because they do that huge prologue about how they're at the amusement park and they go through the tunnel and then they suddenly are in this other dimension and become the thing. And I I always wanted to see the first episode, but it's just so perfunctory. It's like they do this two-minute intro and then boom, you're in the show and then that's it. And so I remember being really peeved at that. But the other thing with Dungeons & Dragons is apparently the... The, it was determined that it was like the the most violent show on TV at the time, and oh, so yeah. it prompted in '85 that it prompted the government to demand that a label run at the beginning of each show warning about the violence. And you watch wow. it now, and you're like, "There's no violence in this thing. It's so stupid." That was the days where that was where PG-13 showed up. Was in '84, thanks yeah. to Gremlins mm-hmm. and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Thanks to Red Dawn. 
So basically, that was the <laughs> introduction of the rating that let you know the movie was worth watching. Yeah, uh, exactly. Because if it didn't get a PG-13, stay home. Yeah. No, I, I, I remember thinking G.I. Joe. That was my that was my jam uh, at my, my come-home-from-school cartoon. Yeah. Yo, Joe! We'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe. I loved that show until I realized that Cobra always had parachutes. No one ever got real life show. <laughs> well, it's it was like- super violent and no one died. And I remember finally thinking, boy, G.I. Joe is spending a lot of money on these weapons. It's poorly spent because no one's getting killed. I mean, Cobra just keeps coming back. They don't even tear their uniforms. Well, it's like the A-team. Every time the Jeep flips and then the two guys will crawl out. It's like, come on. Mm, that too. That too. Yeah. yeah. Just ridiculous. My friends and I in junior high actually had a thing where we would watch the A-team. And uh, I don't know. I think my uh, Ben Huey, a kid I went to junior high with, he's the one who came up with it. After the explosion, they'll cut to the A-team guy either smiling or somehow acknowledging right that he just all right gotcha and then they will cut to the guys crawling out of the jeep and that only takes like like two seconds tops so after you see hannibal smile and chew on a cigar for making the jeep fly close your eyes for two seconds (laughs) and then you can just imagine he killed them (laughs) i was like that's brilliant my after school jam when i was a kid this is in the 70s and i think this was another channel 41 thing chris was um battle of the planets which yeah. turns yeah, out was yeah, an anime called Gachaman, yeah. but yep. but the yeah that was like whoa this is fucking awesome with the fiery phoenix that was the, hardcore that was yeah I mean and then Robotech came after that but that was the no hothead shit. first officer who always wanted to kill the bad guy I remember there was one thing where the the captain's like no we don't kill we're trying to take him prisoner and the 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 first officer guy like punches the button you know like through the safety glass to fire missiles and kill him i was like this is badass yeah yeah (laughs) it was always always an enjoyable one to catch after school that was my first anime yeah despite casey Kasem. yeah who also did shaggy yeah yeah that's true casey Kasem was shaggy now, now I want to see Shaggy talking over the Casey Kasem clips. Of the- I, I want, want somebody, somebody to use his fucking brain. brain. <laughs> Zoinks! <laughs> <laughs> Where are you, Scoob? How many times do I have to come in with a dead dog dying? dying. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So there you go, cartoons. Anybody got anything else? No. Nope. Uh, no. Just you know, I'm not even going to beg anymore. Uh. Because you know what? We're on Mag Huge at Twitter. We're on Magnificently Huge at Facebook. You know these things. We say it all the time. Uh, yeah. If you want to follow us too. If you don't, don't. We don't care. Okay? <laughs> at this point, you you would have you would have done it by now. Okay? We're not going to beg because we're too good for that. I just want people to email us and give us show ideas because I'm getting tired of coming up with this shit. <laughs> if they want but you know what i'm not gonna worry too much not gonna not gonna not gonna stress that i'm i figure if they don't want to write us we don't need them please write us please please write us write us leave us reviews give us give us five stars just, yes please just share it share it on your fucking feed spread spread the garbage spread it everywhere Met, get that stink all over everything we did get a review this week we, we did uh, let me call that up I don't know who this is. I know my boss had said he was going to review it, so this could or could not be him. Who knows? But it's somebody named Gunter Nelson. 
Yeah. So thank you, Gunter Nelson. You want to reply to the silliness because you're you wholeheartedly agree or disagree. I completely do and don't agree. That is truly <laughs> what it, this show is all about, and it absolutely is not. Well, I like that the the title of the review as well was all the comments without having to ask them to leave. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's, I think that was pretty much summing up nicely. But yeah. thank you, Gunter Nelson. When I read that to my wife, uh, she immediately thought it was uh, Gunner Nelson from the band Nelson, and she mm-hmm. got really excited until we realized that it was Gunter, not Gunner. And with uh, that, and we it, leave you with the sounds of Nelson. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no. Done. Done and done. <laughs> yeah, come on. Come on. You got it. Just that little bit. <laughs>